BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At nine cars in the driver's seat. Oh, oh Stenhouse. Stenhouse pounds the wall, but they took the white flag sponsored by Credit One Bank under green. Stenhouse. No caution. Is it? Trying to get away. Here they come. Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman, Ryan Priest. Logano on the outside. And Byron's around. He crashes. Caution is out. Heavy, heavy impacted inside wall by the 42 Larson. Kyle Larson, Jeffrey Earnhardt with heavy damage. William Byron. Man. On the last lap. It's time for the final lap NASCAR podcast from Fox 4 News. I'm Sam Atwell. And I'm Brian Dooley. We were in Talladega, Alabama today. And man, what a great race we saw at Talladega. Yeah, one of... Uh, super speedway racing. Uh, this was outside of Daytona, of course. Uh, to me, one of the more exciting races I've seen all season. You had multiple lead changes, drivers, mainly manufacturers, not just teammates, working together. So when you saw the cars lined up all up front, it was all the Fords, all the Chevys, or Toyotas working together. And uh, it, it definitely, I think, benefited in the end. Absolutely. It was a great race. Let's go ahead and take a look and see where your favorite driver finished in the Geico 500 from Talladega Super Speedway. Well, as a super fan of Chase Hillett, excited to uh, read that uh, he took the checkered flag today. Uh, first uh, win in 2019, followed by teammate Alex Bowman, rookie Ryan Priest in third, followed by Joey Logano, another rookie in the top five, Daniel Hemrick in fifth. Uh, Kurt Busch in 6th, Ryan Newman taking 7th, followed by Brendan Gaughan in 8th, Eric Amarola takes ninth, and Kyle Busch in 10th. Corey LaJoy was 11th, 12th was Daniel Suarez, 13th was Brad Keselowski, 14th Austin Dillon, 15th Ryan Blaney, 16th Paul Menard, Ty Dillon was 17th, Reed Sorensen 18th, 19th was Eric Jones, and 20th was Martin Truex Jr. And 21st, William Byron, followed by Jeffrey Earnhardt in 22nd, David Reagan in 23rd, Kyle Larson in 24th. He had a scary wreck at the end of the race. In 25th, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. In 26th, Ross Chastain. In 27th, Parker Klingerman. 28th, Cody Ware. In 29th, Kansas native Clint Boyer. And in 30th, Chris Busher. Matt DiBenedetto was 31st. 32nd, Justin Haley. Jimmy Johnson out early, 33rd. Landing Castle, 34th. Stanton Barrett, 35th. Denny Hamlin, 36th. Matt Tiff, 37th. 38th, Kevin Harvick out way early. 39th was Bubba Wallace, and 40th was Michael McDowell. Well, what a, what the, the curse has been broken. Chevrolet has gotten to victory lane in 2019, and you could not be happier. Yeah, uh, I've been <laughs> – we've almost – we almost went 10 races. It looked like at a point it was going to be a Penske and maybe even uh, Gibbs again at times. There was Logano at one point in first, and Kyle Busch wasn't far behind, and it was just like, wow, when is the streak going to stop? 
And <laughs> fate has it, because I think if, if there wasn't that wreck at the end with Chris Buescher and Matt, Matthew D. and Benedetto with seven laps to go, I think Logano would have had a chance at a win. Some drivers behind might have caught up, but Logano was really having a good run, finding his pace. He's experienced on these tracks. That caution changed everything, and even though there was a caution that ended the race at the very end, I think Elliott would have still pulled away. I mean, I want to think that because I'm a fan, but the way he was going, keeping it behind him. Bowman says he would have knocked him out, but uh, or Bowman had a plan to go for it, but I think Elliott... Uh, Definitely had the car to beat and was just on a roll that last lap. Yeah, he really was. And and he, he actually he led some laps earlier on in the second stage. Actually, he won the second stage and was running really well out front. And then as Talladega is, so often you, get, you, you, you go to the pit road to make your pit stop. You take on four tires full of fuel. You come out from pit. You've been, you were the leader or you were in the top five, and you, you get out from pit road, and all of a sudden you find yourself in 15th. And then it's tough to work your way up through there. But Chase Elliott stayed on his plan. He had a plan. He stayed with it. He got a little help from the Chevrolet drivers. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Well, let's go ahead and hear from Chase Elliott, today's winner of the Geico 500. Cool thing about today is how early in the year it is, you know, and those playoff points propelling um, some of those guys, the Final Four, obviously you need to win at other places, you know, aside from a speedway too, but um a sticker's a sticker and the playoff points are what they are and i think it's important to rack them up as early as you can um as long as you can keep stacking on top of it you know so it's uh certainly a big deal excited about it yeah just nice to get a speedway win we've we've been close and had some really fast cars and um alan's never won one uh in his 15 years crew chiefing or however many years it's been so that's pretty cool and uh yeah just looking forward to enjoying it it is an early season win for him. He's got a spot now tied down in the uh, championship chase. And uh, really, he's been close on super speedways before, but today he was able to get the, get the full deal done and, and make it to victory lane. Yeah, and he's always been – I know he's won in the other series at these tracks, and he's done well at Daytona. So it's great to finally see it pay off for him. And like you know, he was saying, it's early in the season. He's locked into the playoffs – so now, you know, him and his team can sort of play around a bit, experiment. They don't got to stress. You know, now they're, they got momentum. He's going to a track next week that he won at back in October. And, you know, going on to Daytona in the summer, uh, hopefully he can win there, with you know, starting with this win. But you were right. Early on it looked like it was going to be another – a Penske or a, or a Gibbs car was going to stink up the show again. And to be honest – the Penske cars towards the end of this race were really putting on a show because you you had you had Logano in first, you had Keselowski in second, you had Ryan Blaney in third, and I'll tell you what, Ryan Blaney wins the award today from me as driver who kept his car under control in some situations where he should have wrecked. Yeah, who was it? Was it Kurt Busch that bumped him? At Eric Amarillo. Eric Amarillo got into him, and man, if you could see in the inside of his car, he was yeah keeping that in control. <laughs> it was insane. You know, uh, sometimes when when the when the broadcast announcers from the booth say something like, "Oh, he was completely sideways," you know, you you go back and you look at it and you go, "He wasn't sideways." Today they were right. Ryan Blaney a couple times was nearly sideways, and he was able to hang on to that. And I I, I think his his experience on dirt tracks is growing up and getting into the Cup Series really did him well today. Yeah, not only to keep the car in control, but it didn't really set him back too much. He was still on, you know moving forward, keeping up the pack, and 
yeah, I mean, the two Penske, I mean, the three Penske's, uh, still got to remember he's Team Penske now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they were, you know, the, the Chevys were great. The Chevy showed up finally this season, and it was great to see that. Uh, still bad luck for uh, our seventh-time champion, Jimmy Johnson. Boy, they just can't seem to break the curse there under, man. I'll tell you what, that... I mean, of course, today was not, nothing he could have done. He hit a piece of debris that, that took out a, took out a tire, and he he went into the wall. But just they can't. That stuff didn't used to happen to Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, you know, and, it used to be you could drop a dump truck on the straightaway in front of him, and he would somehow miss it and still go on and win. Now stuff is coming up to jumping up to bite them that never used to happen to Jimmy Johnson. And I I, I gotta wonder. He hasn't said too much, but I gotta wonder. If he's starting to feel a little frustrated with the way things are going for him, yeah, he's about I think sixty nine races without a win. That that's a I huge mean, streak for him. No win last year in twenty eighteen. That and is a huge streak. That never used to happen for him. So I think I mean I think this one, it's super speedway racing. I think a lot of drivers. It's you know what happened with Harvick and Boyer early on. They got taken out. Bad luck can hit you here, or good luck. The best thing you can do is stay up front. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, it was just bad luck. Followed him. He was start. He started to do well at some of the other tracks. We've seen that he started to show up in the top ten, close to the top ten. Uh, he runs well at Dover, where we're going next week. So I think it's got to be frustrating here because after the momentum they had, this doesn't help. But I think hopefully they could just move forward, and we'll see what happens next week. And I remember when Jeff Gordon. Had was in a rut for a while. It was as a fan of Jeff Gordon at the time. Uh, it was about 2012 or 2013, and it is frustrating as a fan. You know, you wait and wait, and it's just bad luck every week. I mean, look at Kyle Larson too. Um, he's been having bad luck too this season. Boy, he had he had super bad luck today. His crash was one one of the most wicked crashes I've seen in a long, long time at Talladega, because after he, he after he went head on into the wall. The car got airborne and spun, I don't know, six or seven times before it stopped. And thankfully, again, he thanks to NASCAR and their safety rules and the, the construction of these cars, he walked away. But, man, that was a scary wreck. Yeah, at the and, end. and he's quoted as saying that uh, it was the longest flip uh, I've ever had. Um, then he said that uh, he didn't know if it would ever stop. He said it was a bit scary, but thankfully he's all right. And like you were saying – the safety in NASCAR because even the the hit Chris Busher took and that was a wall. wicked crash too and just seeing them walk away uh, is great and when it's something like Eric Amarillo's crash at Kansas a couple years ago where he broke his back when when something significant does happen NASCAR doesn't wait they look into it and they they figure out how can we prevent this happening again they make it. the changes and i think at daytona there or i don't know if it was daytona but eric Romero was in a crash and he said it reminded him of the crash at kansas and he was able to walk away from it so nascar this is definitely a testament on their safety and it's it's great as a fan to watch because crashes are entertaining watching the sport no sure. doubt but we definitely care about the safety for all the drivers and it's such a relief when they're able to walk away and go home with their families at uh, at the end of the night. You know, absolutely. That and and really, today we didn't have quote unquote the big one. There were a couple small ones, three or four drivers involved. There wasn't the big massive 
crash like we crashes we had in the Daytona 500 that took out eight, ten, twelve, fourteen cars. We really didn't have that today, and you know what? I'm 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 okay with that today. No, I think a lot of drive. I mean, manufacturers were working together, and I think a lot of the drivers were playing it smart. Um, I mean, the mistakes are going to happen, um, and the little wrecks that did happen, uh, like you know the one with seven laps to go, that made a difference in the race. Um, I think if there wasn't that short amount of time, it would not have been a red flag uh, crash. But that definitely, I think, gave the opportunity for Elliott to take the win. Because if that caution had come out, I think we would have seen Pinsky and the... It would have been a different result, I, b- I believe, if he had gone green the whole way. I, and I think, like you said earlier, Alex Bowman would have had something to say about the finish of this race because I think he was getting ready to make a move when when the caution came out. Looking at the top 10, we see some some new names in the top 10. We got a couple rookies that had great races today at Talladega. Ryan Priest, this this young man had a fantastic day at Talladega. You know, for a rookie to come in there and run as well as he did today and have a top 3 finish, that's amazing. Daniel Hemrick in the 8 car had a great run today, finished uh, he was in the top 5, so we had two rookies in the top 5 today and I think that's encouraging. Yeah, um, I almost had to like do a double take reading off, you know, the beginning because they're these are names we're not used to reading in the top. Exactly, end. and hopefully, you know, Daniel Hemrick, he's you know a rookie for uh, Richard Childress, and hopefully that gives that team more because right now Austin Dillon, he was on, he had the poll today, um, he finished fourteenth, but hopefully, you know, this gives this young man a little bit of momentum and. Uh, you know, they can take from this, and now we have, we have Daytona and Talladega again in the fall. And so they can kind of learn from and maybe come back with these same cars, the same strategy, and see what happens then. But definitely great to see these young drivers kind of. Yeah, it, a, it is. Like it's that. it's really good. Ryan Newman had a good run t- today for, uh, for Roush Racing with a top 10. Brendan Gaughan, a guy who doesn't hasn't seen a whole lot of cup experience but he had a great run there too and and eric Almarillo we talked about earlier and kyle bush another top 10 i don't think he's finished outside the top 10 at at all this season yeah <laughs> just just i get so tired of talking about him he, he's so good and i'm glad we're not talking about another win by that team yeah and uh kozlowski he you know he was having a good run too but uh i don't know if that what pit stop he had towards the end. The reverse pit <laughs> stop didn't quite work out for him. He made it. I mean, in it was his amazing. Box. He he is amazing. He ended up inside the box backwards. But uh, yeah, that, that strategy didn't quite pan out for him. And then uh, Truex Jr. I don't think was Truex that wasn't never really running too far. He was he was running in the top ten, and then he was involved in the Chris Busher crash. And I do that. I didn't know. Uh, he wasn't like towards the lead or anything that I saw today. He was he, he challenged it for a little bit, but he just he just didn't have a dominant car and and just things just didn't work out for Truex Jr. today. But he's got to win. He's locked in. Kevin Harvick's one that I'm shocked um, doesn't have a win yet this season, and for him to be out as early in this race uh, has to be disappointing for that team. Yeah, but I, I'm not worried about Kevin Harvick. I think he will. He's got some tracks coming up where he runs really, really well, so he will be fine. Now we talked a little bit about this when we opened up the show about this this whole team strategy by Chevrolet this week. Apparently, on Friday, the manufacturer Chevrolet got together with all of the Chevy teams, the crew chiefs, the team managers, the owners, 
and they talked about, hey, we've got to break this streak. I, I know Chevrolet has not been happy not winning a race because they, they I believe they lead the manufacturer titles in, NAS, in the NASCAR Cup Series. So they've not been happy with that. So they decided that Talladega was going to be a place that they were really going to work together as Chevy teams, not Hendrick, not Childress, not you know all these Chevy teams. We're going to be one Chevrolet team, and we're going to help each other get to victory lane. And uh, Austin Dillon yesterday after the meeting talked to the media about the strategy and how he thought it was going to work. I think it's just looking at what the other teams have been successful uh, in the last couple plate races. You look at those guys and they're grouping up and they're they're dictating the race. And we don't want to be in that position where we're having to fight from behind the whole time. And um, we have good numbers at Chevy and we need to use them. So, I mean, that honestly put is just looking at what the competition has done and trying to make it better, do our, do our job to be better at it. Now, Austin Dillon was good because he was on the pole. Right. And had a fast pole run. And so his Chevy was running well at the start of the race. Yeah, and once the Chevys work together, I mean, they pretty much dominated would dominate the top ten. And I think it's a you know a few years ago Ford was looked on the down end, and until last year they hadn't had a you know championship win since 2004. But the Fords have been strong since uh, Stuart Haas went to Ford a couple years ago. They've been strong. Penske has been amazingly strong. I mean, and both those teams uh, do work together. And the Fords have really taken off, and the Toyotas and Chevys really had a setback. I mean, they haven't had a, until today. I think their last win was Elliott's win at Kansas in the fall, yeah, in October. And so, yeah, this plan, I think it it, it showed it worked. I mean, once once the Chevys were all lined up and they had their momentum going, they were fast. Let's hear from winning crew chief Alan Gustafson as he talks about the Chevrolet plan and just how. He thought it worked out today. Um, I think, uh, yeah, you know, orchestrating it in, in the communication up front and, and laying out the plan was the majority of the hard work. The execution today was just, uh, you know, staying calm and sticking to our guns and, and, and staying committed to uh, to the cause. And, and fortunately, everybody did that, and, and it worked really, really well. And, and the plan went, you know, really pretty much how we laid it out. So, um you don't get those all the time, so uh, we'll certainly take it. And, and proud of everybody, uh, you know, at Chevrolet and, and all the Chevrolet team members. And you know, Alan Gustafson is a is a great crew chief. He's worked with some of the greats. You know, he was Jeff Gordon's crew chief for a while, and and he, and he worked with with. He's been at Hendrick his whole career, and he's done a lot of things there. But it's really exciting to see him and Chase Elliott really work together and really start to bond. And, and I mean, they've been together for a couple of years now, but it's really good to see them get to victory lane and and see the leadership that Gustafson provides to that team. And I think Chase Elliott and Alan Gustafson are going to be a threat in this series for a few years. Yeah, and this is his first win as a crew chief at a super speedway, so exciting uh, on that. And, yeah, you know, it, t- it takes some time. What, you know, Jimmy Johnson had with his former crew chief, Chad Canales, that sort of bond you have, it takes a few couple years maybe to really kind of find your find your rhythm, find how you work together, and uh, Elliot and Gustafson definitely seem to be uh, doing well as you know on a team. Yeah, they they really are, and and for Gustafson to come off of working with a driver like Jeff Gordon, who was you know he is Jeff Gordon, 
So it, it's it's exciting to see these young drivers have the benefit of of Gustafson and and Chad Canals. These young drivers working with these with these young drivers and and the Chad Canals experiment hasn't really shown a whole lot yet, but Chad Canals has not forgot how to win Cup races. Yeah, and you know they still. The uh, Bowman, I think he was caught up in an incident later on too. Um, and I think Elliot Chase Elliott was lucky that Alex Bowman. Bowman says he was, you know, had a plan, was going to try something, but he's still playing nice because he's got to, you know, see this person on team meeting on Monday. But I think uh, if someone like Kurt Busch, who was in six, Kurt Busch, you could tell he was aggressive at times, and if he was in second, he wasn't going to play around. He's Kurt Busch is not too far away, I think, on um, getting a win. He's been in the top ten for you know a lot this season. He's on a new team with Chip Canass, but he, he's starting to get aggressive. He's an experienced driver, so I think you know he'll play it smart. But he's still he's not going to be Mister Nice Guy if he's no, he's second. not. No, he's not. And and if I, I'm sure if he'd had a chance to uh, be in the same position as Alex Bowman, it would have turned out a little bit differently. But overall, Chip Ganassi has got to be happy with the way the results that Kurt Busch has brought to that team this season. We've talked about this team a lot this season, and in the years past, you just didn't really think about the one car. And Jamie Murray, I'm not—I don't want to slide him because he was a—he was a talented driver. He didn't—I think he didn't live up to the expectations. He didn't have the results really that he wanted. He was one of those drivers too. I think he did well at super speedways too. Yes, he did. Uh, but besides that, he really wasn't a threat. I mean, he would make the play. Uh, he would make the playoffs occasionally on points, but you would never see him as going past the round of sixteen. Right. And but Kurt Busch has brought a new energy to that team. I think he's brought a different level of talent. I, I think he's a he's a better driver than than Jamie McMurray was. So I think they've got to be real happy with the results they've seen from Kurt Busch so far this season at that team. And it's great to see a veteran driver like Kurt Busch still, you know, changing teams this late in the career, which he's done multiple times throughout his career, but doing so well. And still, since he, you know, he first started in what, 2001, I think, was his rookie year. Right. Uh, just to see him still being a strong, same with Kevin Harvick. Um, the day doesn't show that, but it's nice to see with all these young drivers coming up, we still have these drivers that, hey, they have been in the sport for, you know, over 15 some years, almost 20, and they're still uh, up on top. They they, they really are, and, and it is pretty amazing, but they've got some young kids coming in that are going to challenge these old guys. Let's go ahead and take a look at the uh, point standings so far this season. Um, your leader is still... And will be probably for the rest of the season. Kyle Busch, Joey Logano is second. Denny Hamlin sits in third. Kevin Harvick, despite having early trouble today, is fourth in points. Brad Keselowski is fifth. Martin Truex Jr. sixth. Chase Elliott today's winner is seventh. Kurt Busch is eighth. Ryan Blaney ninth. Tenth is Clinton Boyer, Emporia, Kansas native. So the top ten is, I would say, the probably the only surprise in the top ten for me this season at this point is Ryan Blaney, but he's done a heck of a job this season. Yeah, um, he was great today, but he's uh, not had the win. 
Um, I think Logano and Kazaski just have a bit more experience at some of the tracks, and he's still, but he's right on par there with as good of a driver. You know, he started the same year as Elliott. I think he kind of got overshadowed a bit by the popularity, you know, Chase, Chase Elliott came in with, but Ryan Blaney, uh, he's not too far away, I don't think, from getting a win. Uh, this season no I think we're going to see him there because he I'm like it's we talked about a little bit earlier that cat was driving a car that it was amazing some of the saves he if he had wrecked out when he got all sideways and he was able to keep control of the car we would have had the big one because he was he was running up front and that would have been just there would have been a lot more damaged cars if he had not been able to keep a hold of his car but he did did a great job it's uh Thinking back to Chase winning in, in Talladega, and you, you go back and you look at the history of the sport, and his dad was the fan-favorite driver for 17 years in a row. Awesome Bill from Dawsonville. And and the history of the Elliott family, and especially at Talladega, because I believe that Bill Elliott still holds the fastest speed ever turned at Talladega, 213-something miles an hour many years ago before restrictor plates. But it was awesome to see the great crowd that was there today, and it was awesome to see them really cheer on young Chase Elliott and, and really kind of continue that that uh, Elliott family tradition at, at Talladega. And Talladega is only about 100 miles from, from uh, Dawsonville, Georgia. So great. I, it's just fun to see this was a cool moment in NASCAR. And I like that, of course, <laughs> I'm an Elliott fan, but I liked when he got out of his car and was being interviewed by the media. You know, he looked at the crowd and, you know, thanked them and just said, you know, this is all possible because of them and just recognizing the fans because it was great. We've seen some of the speedways this season look pretty empty for for a <laughs> yes. Cup Series race. But Talladega, uh, the fans showed up, and, and that was awesome to see. And I, I hope it continues on to uh, the rest of the season. I mean, these races are fun. I don't know if people are getting tired of Gibbs and Pinsky every week, but seeing a live race, it's it's we've talked about it for multiple weeks. It's it's just a different experience. Well, and and I I think that this has to a crowd like today because when they when on TV when they when they were going around the track and I didn't see very many empty seats at all at Talladega unless they were in the upper deck. They didn't show that a whole lot, but in the lower bowl, the, every seat was full and it was fantastic racing. And I know that's got to help the drivers knowing that the place is full. It's got to help NASCAR because they're going, you know, they they haven't said anything about it, but there's been a lot of talk about the attendance and, you know, they've given this reason, that reason. But it it was just an overall great day for NASCAR at Talladega. Yeah. I don't think NASCAR is going to, it's going to be hard for their mid, just playing the, kind of the PR move. They're going to kind of try to overlook, you know, the MTC thing when it's mentioned. Because I think for years I've seen comments on social media, people mentioning that. Um, another thing that was great today is we had 40 cars in the race instead yes. of 36 or 37, uh, and I, I like that, and I hope um, the more races hopefully can be like that. It would be it would be great, you know, for so many years we, we saw 43 cars. That was the starting grid, man, you know, every week 43. Uh, and they NASCAR would let people come in and, and be in the race just to make sure we had 43 cars on the track. They they were called field fillers, and they'd come in and they'd run, they'd run maybe ten laps, and then they'd be go out for quote unquote handling problems. And on TV, I would never 
those drivers have disappeared. You never really thought about it. But when I finally, I remember, I went to my first live cup race in April 2012 at the Kansas Speedway, and it was interesting seeing those drivers you were talking about, and suddenly just out of nowhere, it's like they come in the pits, and then they're in the garage, and it's like, wait, what happened? But during the race, they were just getting, like, swallowed by the other oh, cars. Oh, well, in 10 laps, they'd be down, you know, they'd be down four laps. Because they just they just didn't have the mo- the strength of the motor, and they didn't have well they didn't have money. Some of them, I remember uh, some teams at Kansas back in the day, the first couple of years when they were they really wanted forty three cars. There'd be guys come in that, that would have three bu- three buddies with them, and that was the that was the uh, pit crew, you know, three guys and a driver and a truck and a trailer and a car, and they they started the race, got their start money, pulled it into the garage with handling problems. That was always. Or, or suspension problems, or say it was always some kind of crazy. They didn't race long enough to have handling. They didn't know how, in 10 laps, you didn't know how the car was handling. So, but yeah, that was that was always fun to have a, a field of 43. And part of me, when they went down the 40, a few, 40 cars a few years ago, I was sort of okay with that. It's like, okay, down three, it's even number. You know, I'm okay with that. And then now they can't even fill that. And, um, hopefully that changes. You know, today was positive, but I think you have more drivers that really try to get experience at these super speedways. Yeah, and and it is. It's uh, like we've said before. I'm excited to see these new young kids coming up and 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 making their mark on this sport. And and like you said, today was a good day. Chase Elliott in victory lane, especially for you because he's your guy. So it was a great day at Talladega. Now coming up next week. We're at the Monster Mile, and there, there's a reason they call this thing the Monster, because it'll eat you alive. Ask some guys who – it's it's a high-bank track, it's concrete, and it's fast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's Definitely it's great going, you know, Talladega, super speed racing, and then on to the Monster Mile. Uh, the excitement is not slowing down, uh, moving on to the next week. You know, in years past, coming up to Dover, I would say – I wouldn't even have to think about picking a winner at Dover because it was going to be Jimmy Johnson and Chad Canals. They dominated this track back in the early early 2000s and and in, into the 2010s. They dominated their I they I want to say they won 9 straight. Yeah, this is like what Harvick was used to be at Phoenix. This is right. Johnson's. And you just knew you don't pick against Jimmy Johnson at Dover, but I don't see Jimmy Johnson like we talked a little bit ago, he's not showing any dominance. He's not showing really any great improvements so far this season. So I think I'm going to have to go somewhere else when I think about the Monster Mile and, and who's going to win this weekend. But I love Dover because uh, there's just something about it. It's it's a different kind of animal. Like I said, it's concrete versus asphalt. The temperature the temperatures affected differently. The cars handled differently. And it's again, it's fast, and there's some hard crashes at Dover. But at Dover, if you crash into the wall, um, they used to call this a self-cleaning track because if you hit the wall, you'd go you'd go down the embankment and and you'd be on the inside wall, so it would be out of the racing. Was it Dover a few years ago? Where well, I, I don't know if it was Jimmy Johnson that had stick problems. Like the race, like they went from yellow to green, and I think it was Johnson. And he like dropped the clutch or something. Oh yes, yes, it was. And just wrecked uh, half of the field. It yes, was insane. He did. It, he did. Yeah, that was him. You know, it really was. And so the Monster Mile can be a challenge, 
But we got some guys who've tamed the Monster Mile. I don't think it's going to be Jimmy Johnson this week. What do you think, Brian? Well, I'm looking back on uh, who won the race last October. Guess who? And uh, as a fan, and just the you know, the if this were if this were live on on broadcast, you'd see the smile on <laughs> Brian's face, man. So, I'm going to go with Chase Elliott. Uh, Shocking, <laughs> winning there in October. <laughs> um, plus, next you know the next race at Kansas after Dover. Elliot, he's now got the wind underneath him. Um, and where else did, where else did Elliot win last year? Kansas. Yeah. And uh, but <laughs> Elliot won there. And then uh, last year in the spring, Harvick won. And then in fall of 2017, Kyle Bush won. Jimmy Johnson hasn't won there. It looks like since uh, June 2017. So not too you know a couple years ago, but but he, uh, he's not dominant there like he was. Yeah, and he doesn't have the momentum kind of going in there i'll tell you what i'm gonna look to probably somebody that is quite unexpected to pick up their win maybe not unexpected but i'm gonna i think kyle larson may break out of his really really bad streak of luck that he's had i think it would be great to see him have a great race after finishing his day in talladega spinning and spinning and spinning overturn you know I wonder I wonder if you're in a car like that and it's spinning does it move slow is it like slow motion are you just like when's this going to stop I'm just barrel rolling down the back stretch I know drivers have talked about if you know the car lands upside down they they've talked about how it seems like it's forever before a help comes and get out cuz then they said you know there's you know they there's things you smell in there things are leaking on you and it, it does seem like an eternity before uh, rescue crews, crews finally get to you. On TV, it looks for, and it is, they do, are the rescue crews in NASCAR are pretty quick on getting the drivers on wrecks like that. But I know, I think it was Jeff Gordon talking about how when you're upside down after a crash, uh, it just, it's not comfortable at all. No, it, it's not. I just can't, I, not that I ever want to experience to find out for sure on my own what it's like when you're when you're barrel rolling down the yeah. highway but uh man again thanks thanks nascar for the safety and those guys walking away and, and they're going to be with us next week at dover so no matter what happens next week at dover brian and i'll be here to wrap it up on the final lap on the uh nascar podcast from fox 4 everyone have a good week i'm sam adwell and i'm brian dooley